Hey everyone, it's Robert Poole with the Growing Your B2B Small Business Podcast. Let me ask you a question. If you could get your prospects to buy your product or service and literally get that feeling of a physical high in the process, so much that they love buying from you, would that be worth something to you? I'm guessing only on days that end in Y. Let's talk about how to do that on demand and consistently. Do you have a small business that sells to other businesses? If so, you probably know that there are plenty of resources for companies that market to consumers or companies that sell to large and Fortune 500 type companies. But what about the small businesses in the middle who sell to other companies? Where do we go to get answers? How do we grow our company consistently while still keeping our sanity? That's the question, and this podcast is the answer. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. You're one of the heroes in our society, and you should be proud of it. Welcome to the tribe, and welcome home. Hey, everyone. I hope you're having a fantastic day today. In the last episode, we talked about how to make sure that you have a great day every day and not let the, quote, bad days throw you off productivity-wise. Today, I wanted to talk to you about a topic that I personally find very interesting. And that topic is how do we get our prospects to buy from us consistently and not only buy, but absolutely enjoy the process so much that they get literally get a high and walk away feeling fantastic. I mean, hopefully we're all in business to serve our prospects. You know, if we're not, then we're never going to grow consistently or survive in the long run. But, you know, and that's just a fact, but it's, uh, you know, a topic for another episode. But just to, as some background before we get started, uh, a few episodes back, I talked about how emotions are involved in selling and how there's this misconception in B2B that somehow all it's all about facts and figures, uh, dollars and cents and return on investment and those types of things. While those do matter, what's really going on is emotional sales, just like we were dealing with the consumer. You know, if you don't buy that, go back to the, listen to that episode, and I think you may change your mind. The idea that sales is always emotional is important for this episode's topic. You know, even when we think we're making a logical decision, if we dig deep enough, eventually we're going to get to the, because it feels good, uh, which is emotional. You know, human emotions are not only what drives us, but most of the time we don't even know what it's happening, and we certainly don't consciously choose to get into a specific emotional state. You know, again, more on that in the last episode, but but I mean, how does this apply to growing our B2B companies and sales and marketing in, in general? Well, let me answer that by asking you a question. Have you ever sat in front of a prospect and noticed they seem to be really excited or enthusiastic about your product or service? They went from being in their normal state to a state of smiling. They're actively engaging with you. They're joking, uh, just, you know, giving off that energy or excitement. I mean, I think we've all seen that a few times at least. Uh, I mean, and that's the kind of sale we want, right? The problem is that most salespeople have no idea why that happens. They think, well, you know, they must like me personally, or they're having a good day, or whatever, you know. Uh, in fact, the joy that's being displayed was triggered by something, hopefully by you as the salesperson, but, you know, it could be whether you realize it or not. And then on the other end of the spectrum, have you ever sat in front of someone who was kind of either flat affect, uninterested, unengaged, and kind of gave off the vibes and the body language that, you know, you weren't getting away, you weren't going to get the sale? I know I've been there plenty of times. And when you see that, it, as you know, it's unlikely they're actually going to buy. And again, most of us think there and think, well, you know, I guess they didn't need a product or I guess they didn't trust me. They couldn't afford it. And, you know, a whole list of other justifications as to why they didn't buy. But again, in most cases, these are not the real reasons. And I'm not saying that these can't be actual obstacles preventing the sale. I'm just saying the vast majority of lost sales are not because of these reasons. So what's the difference between these two situations? Why was one so easy and pleasurable for the prospect and you and the other like pulling teeth and painful for both parties? 
Well, it comes down to one thing. You didn't get your prospect high. I mean, I know that's kind of a bold statement and probably a little flippant, but stick with me for a minute and I'll promise that it'll make sense in what I'm talking about. You know, as humans, our body chemistry is one of the most influential factors in our actions. We do things because we want to, and our brain gives us, you know, a drug-like high when we're doing something we associate with pleasure. And when I say we want to get our customers high, I mean, you know, we want to give them the drugs that all humans crave. And those, those are the ones that give us pleasure. You know, before all your PhDs go crazy and correct me that the chemicals causing pleasure in the brain are hormones and not drugs, just relax. Yes, drugs are technically chemicals outside the body that we take into our bodies that in turn have a hormonal effect on our brain chemistry. But I'm just using the term drugs to make a point. And besides that, which is more fun to say, we want to get our customers high on drugs or high on hormones. So regardless, I think all of us can agree that we want to make our customers feel pleasure during and after the buying process with us. I mean, which one of us wants our customers to hate the process, hate us, and be irritated when they leave the sale with a bad taste in their mouth? I mean, I guess none of us who actually want sales. What's funny, though, is that just as much as we want to help our customers release the pleasure-inducing chemicals in their brain, we need to absolutely avoid those chemicals that do the opposite. That's where we get the situation where the deal is a no-brainer for the customer and they still don't buy. I mean, there are several chemicals in the brain that affect our pleasure centers and the areas that are activated in a buying process, which basically means the emotional state the prospect is in. Can you imagine if you were able to magically trigger the release of these pleasure chemicals in your prospect on demand anytime you want? I mean, that's about as close to printing money as you can get. But the question is, can this be done? You know, and if so, how do we do it? Well, the first question, can it be done? The answer is yes. You know, as I talked about a few minutes ago, those instances where the prospect got excited to buy and walked away happy, those were actually triggered by either by the salesperson or some other factor that somehow caused the pleasure chemicals in the brain to be released. And, you know, this is not just Robert theorizing. I mean, there's a ton of scientific evidence, you know, with studies of the brain and what chemicals affect the areas of brain during the buying process. And, you know, the effect of these chemicals on our brains is just fact. I mean, you can research it yourself. It's pretty fascinating stuff. Like I said, I find this very interesting. So if we know that it can be done, you know, I mean, of course, the question is, how can we trigger those chemical surges of pleasure related to buying our product or service? Well, first, we've got to know, obviously, what chemicals we're targeting, you know, how they work, and then you know, we can figure out how to trigger them. We don't have to be experts. We just have to know what they do and where to use them in our marketing and sales process. You know, there are many hormones that trigger the emotions, but in the realm of sales and marketing, there really are five big ones, in my opinion. Those are dopamine, cortisol, endorphins, serotonin, and oxytocin. Let's talk briefly about each one of them and how we can use them to help our customers enjoy buying from us. I'm going to give you a very rough definition of each of these, and then we'll see how they fit in the sales process. Again, we're talking about generalizations and putting these things in layman terms so that all the neuroscientists out there don't get hung up on the technical details. But let's go through them one by one. Uh, first is the, the most fun one, dopamine. You know, if you're excited to buy that expensive sports car, you know, the feeling you get when you get into the driver's seat and hit the gas and you're tearing down the road, you know, all your senses light up with ecstasy, that's a dopamine rush. It's a, a literal high we give ourselves to feel pleasure. Dopamine also gives us so much pleasure, it's easy to get addicted to it and we want to do what's stimulated again and again. I mean, that's why drugs like heroin or cocaine are so addictive because they trigger mat trigger massive amounts of dopamine release. Dopamine is sort of the, the feel-good chemical. We definitely want to give our prospects access to this drug. And the next one uh, is a little bit of a downer. It's not as exciting as dopamine, but cortisol. We produce this chemical when we're feeling stress or fear. 
its release often results in shutting down sort of the, the rational side of our brain and making us act on impulse. It seems like a negative and not really affecting the pleasures centers of the brain like we're talking about, like dopamine. But if we can link resolving the stress or this fear that they have due to cortisol to our solution, it turns out to be a pleasurable thing. So it's kind of a negative that's actually a positive. You can stimulate it by speaking about, you know, the, the main problem or the main pain the prospect is experiencing that your solution targets. Next, uh, endorphins. Endorphins uh, sort of counterbalance the cortisol. They stop us from feeling pain or discomfort. You know, if you've heard of the runner's high, that's exactly what that is. The runner's high is a release of endorphins brought on by exercise. That feeling that helps us overcome pain and the stress and the fear that cortisol triggers. And then second to last, serotonin. Serotonin is uh, known as kind of the happy drug. I mean, this is the chemical in our brains that gives us those overall feelings of happiness, makes us feel calmer, less anxious, uh, maybe more focused. This is the chemical that, you know, is affected by antidepressants like Prozac. And then lastly, uh, oxytocin. Oxytocin is often known as the love or cuddle drug. It's generally released when we're in situations where you feel like a connection with somebody, we're physically touching them, you know, even in a non-sexual way. You know, it's a social high that gives us a feeling of safety and it also creates the need for reciprocation with others when it's being released. So nice science lesson, Robert, but you know, besides cocktail party trivia, how's that knowledge going to help us sell more and grow our companies? Well, like most marketing and sales topics, uh, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, I like to frame the buying process in terms of the old hook story close. I mean, a lot of people don't understand there's a difference between sales and marketing. And as I mentioned, I did a whole episode in a while back, but the gist of it is this though. Marketing is primarily where you're trying to get the prospect a reason to listen to you and then helping them change their old beliefs with new ones that are more friendly to your product or your service. Sales is the act of closing, asking for the sale, and then giving the prospect a reason to act now and giving them logical justifications to pull the trigger on the sale. You know, where do these chemicals come into play in that marketing and sales process and how do we trigger them on demand? Well, let's look at it from the hook story close perspective. You know, number one, hook, which is, comes down to it, it's dopamine. I mean, what is a hook? It's something that stops you in your tracks, makes you pay attention. You know, um, I mean, what feeling do you get from a, a good hook? It's a dopamine rush. So we need to hook them with something that brings pleasure because it's, maybe it's clever, it's funny, it's unique. You know, it's something that our brain says, hey, what's, what's that all about? And then it kind of looks forward to it and gets a reward for figuring it out. Oh, well, they might be talking about this. You know, your brain kind of literally gives you a pat on the back since you figured out what it is. You know, good boy. You know, and then stage two, the story. That's what, where cortisol and endorphins come in. You know, the a good story components, you know, will have a character you can relate to, the problem they were having, how they used your product or service to solve that problem, and then how they felt afterwards. You know, I mean, we point out the pain and the stress of the problem in the story, which just generates some cortisol release, the problems that the, the character in the story is having. And then we show the solution in action uh, during the story. Those endorphins that kill off the pain of the problem, they reduce the cortisol and let the dopamine keep pumping. And then the prospect feels better that everything's going to be okay. And then finally, the, you know, the closing stage. And that's where serotonin and oxytocin come in. You know, uh, the, a big part of the, the close phase is providing logical reasons so the prospect can justify what they're emotionally feeling. You know, serotonin can account for us literally being, you know, we're happy with ourselves for making a good purchase or solving the problem. Uh, you know, it's as 
you know, simple as, you know, a sense of accomplishment that, you know, I kind of handled that problem. The problem no longer exists, you know, cortisol goes down. And then, you know, as far as oxytocin, when we've broken through that trust barrier and they feel more connected to you or your company, to the salesperson, um, other people at the company, or even being part of a customer group, uh, that starts to get released and they feel that connection. You know, that's where the identity shift comes in, where they start to identify themselves as a person who does use your product and who's like other customers and they have that connection. And of course, you know, you got the final thing, you've got the, you know, the reasons to act, the urgency and scarcity and fear of loss. You know, what we're trying to do is reduce the cortisol levels again. And we give them a, a dopamine hit by letting them take action. And, you know, that again, that oxytocin comes in play because it's, you know, pure scarcity. Basically, other people want it. Uh, it was an interesting article I read, and I, unfortunately, I, I didn't write down the author's name, but they talked about a study that how they're finding out that people are not uh, as interested in testimonials of, hey, I bought this and it's great, but they're more interested in, hey, you know, other people really like this. There were 300 likes for this particular product, or there's a high demand for this product. And that's what seems to release that oxytocin. People want to be part of that group of, you know, that uh, agree with what their peers are doing. Uh, fascinating the way the brain works. And then, you know, I mean, this is all, you know, sounds like a lot, and, but it's actually not that complicated. I mean, first, let's look at our marketing, including our advertising, our sales messages, any kind of scripts we use. You know, we just need to look at them in terms of these chemicals and make sure that we're trying to elicit them and at the right time. You know, for instance, if we're trying to hook somebody, I mean, you generally don't want to scare people off with things that stress them out. You know, it's the old easier to attract bees with honey than vinegar. I mean, don't use a hook that's going to cause stress and fear you know, without an obvious solution, an endorphin hit at the same time to, you know, counterbalance it. So we want to build or evacuate a marketing or sales process for a service example. You know, um, I mean, it doesn't matter if this is an online advertisement, an in-person sales presentation, a sales funnel, whatever. And the structure is always the same. I mean, so what do we do specifically and how do we take these chemicals into account? Again, let's look at the hook. What kind of hook can we use to get their attention that's Got to give them some kind of pleasure feelings, i.e. dopamine. Is it an ad with a funny picture? Is it a headline that makes them say, huh, or what? And then get that dopamine rush after the excitement in their brain of finding out what's behind the strange headline. You know, it's um, opening a mini story that uh, gives the prospect some entertainment, makes them laugh, builds up some kind of anticipation to a reward. The better the headline, the intro, the hook, the more dopamine gets released. So it's something we want to spend a lot of time on. And sometimes you just need to test it to figure out which is, gets better results. You know, and then right into the story, what kind of story do we need to tell to elicit cortisol and endorphins and maybe some oxytocin in there too? I mean, the story needs to involve a, a character, or a prospect that we can relate to, you know, oxytocin again. Um, we need to create some stress, which is that release of cortisol and, you know, in the form of a problem that your solution solves. And that the character, you know, experiences the same kind of stress that the prospect would have. And then it also needs to have a solution that kills the pain of the stressful problem, i.e. the endorphin release. And then last stage, close. You know, we provide logical reasons to buy. You know, it's a good uh, value for the money, serotonin. I'm going to enjoy this, dopamine. My peers are going to give me kudos, oxytocin and serotonin. I'll feel like I solved the problem, serotonin. You know, urgency and fear of loss. If I don't, don't buy now, you know, stress and fear, cortisol release, uh, I'm in trouble. But if I buy endorphins, they fix the potential pain. Scarcity, you know, everyone else wants to be like this or others like it. I want to be part of the group and connect, oxytocin. You know, I like the salesperson, oxytocin. So 
again, you know, they think through this process. If we do it in all of our marketing and sales processes, you know, it may seem like work. And yes, it is work. I mean, there are free lunches in this world and they're usually not worth what you paid for them. You know, if you want results, you got to work at it and this takes some time. But if you start with the hook story close model, stimulating these five drugs, you know, becomes easier each time you do it and you just have to practice a little bit. Nothing's perfect, but you know, if this strategy worked 25% of the time or to work 40% or 75% of the time, would that be worth the effort to, you know, to put into this to close that many more sales and increase our revenue? I mean, I know it is at our company. So let's give our prospects what they really want. I mean, they don't want our product or our service. They want the drugs the process releases and hopefully our product releases after they buy it. We're all addicts of these brain chemicals and it's all natural and used correctly. They're good for us. So don't be stingy. Help your prospects get that fix that they really want. That's all I have for today, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening today. I know your time's valuable, and it's really an honor to serve you. You know, if you found this content useful, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review with your honest feedback, whether it's good or bad. You know, also, if you're interested in growing your B2B business through direct contact marketing like we do, uh, please call my office at Sales Double and speak to one of our sales representatives. You know, we can chat for a few minutes about your business and what you need most to grow your business, even if it's not our services. And, you know, as a side note, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you probably know that I have a little pet peeve about using fancy words to talk in code, so to speak. So we're not going to do a, quote, discovery call or a, quote, strategy call, just a quick question and answer call. And yes, if we think you're a candidate for our service, we'll try to sell you. But we're not going to hide behind fancy corporate news as we know you're smart enough to see through that. We believe in telling the truth, and even if it's not what people want to hear. That said, give us a call at 480-401-1926 if you're interested in talking about how to grow your business and have your best year ever.